Oh, much oh, better. Yeah, that actually worked. You sound pretty now? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it's fixed. Uh, the scotch on the rocks. Please, any scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a Glengow. Any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. And we're back. Another Christmas episode, kind of. At least one half of these, this pairing will be uh, Christmas specific as we're going back a year to the release of Office Christmas Party and the <laughs> limited uh, and perhaps misguided uh, Academy Award uh, limited theatrical run that they did for The Comedian with Robert De Niro because this one didn't actually go out into, uh, I guess, wide-ish theaters until like February of this year. Um, yeah, the, that was not smart money being put on that one. But hey, you, know, you give De Niro a shot, I guess, every time. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna double down again after last week's uh, Christmas Eve uh, meltdown of this show. We're taking our chances, <laughs> and I have to. You know, I'm not just doing this to shield myself. I must say yet again, I had not seen either one of these films, so these were fresh watches for me. I missed them uh, a year ago. What what about you, uh, gentlemen? We'll start with Josh because Jared's already scoffing and already being negative. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't watched these movies. <laughs> you don't sound too positive, though. And that's as far as you want to go. No, that was a that was a good memory. You know, <laughs> the, the time period before having seen these movies. Uh, that's all a right. pretty uh, bad indicator. Whenever you claim that ignorance is better, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to I just want to state for the record that uh, I knew nothing about this. This was <laughs> I was much happier then. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's exactly what I'm uh, what I'm throwing out there. So. Um, yeah, we'll we'll start with the Office Christmas Party, which was uh, a relative success, Jared, I guess. I mean, I remember it being, uh, in early December, uh, being somewhat of a hit at the box office. It made $54 million and, well, $54,730,514 on and a very specific an estimated, uh, yeah, I, I'm not very thorough. On, on this, you're going to uh, give it every benefit of the doubt. You want to give it all of its uh, due credit here. Every penny that's been robbed from people, I wanted accounted for. <laughs> um, budget of $45 million estimated. So, so it made a little bit of money. Modest hit. Um I would say, you know, much like our previous episode where I, I talked about, you know, Krampus being a throwback to Gremlins and Christmas Eve uh, being a much more modern throwback to uh, something like New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day. Uh, this is, uh, let's get some, not to be insulting, I guess, B-list, C-list maybe comedians together and uh, hope that the uh, the sum of all the parts here make up for that lack of like one big star because – uh, you all know, and I'm on the record from a very, very early episode of War Machine vs. Wars, I do not like T.J. Miller at all. So when I, <laughs> when I realized he was actually the lead character of this one, I uh, I felt shame. And I could not wait oh, yeah. for them to cut away to some other um, Olivia Munn, Kate McKinnon, anyone, just to get away from T.J. Miller. 
I really mm. didn't think any of them were that much better than T.J. Miller, if I'm being fairly honest. Less. Well, Maybe people will speak <laughs> less. Well, I mean, I'm going to be fair and say that as far as the cast goes, going into the movie, that was part of why I had high hopes. I mean, I'm a pretty big Jason Bateman fan, and uh, I mean, not everything he does, he doesn't pick, you know, home runs every time, but I mean, he has the ability to be, you know, really funny. Uh, I, I felt like the cast was good, I, and that was part of the problem. Is that I just <laughs> I look, where, where, where's the humor? Uh, these are funny <laughs> people, and this is not funny at all. Uh, well, unfortunately for Bateman, he's he's stuck in that, and it's not quite uh, as funny as Arrested Development. There's an understatement, but he is unfortunately, man, he is really stuck in straight man territory here. I I felt like one big thing that's missing for this movie is maybe a little more commentary on on his part because he is he is surrounded uh, or at least with T.J. Miller he's working for an idiot. Ooh, somebody is getting fired. Oh no, it's my sister. You're having a Christmas party tonight? Well, it's not a Christmas party. Mm. It's a non-denominational holiday mixer, more inclusive. Well, whatever you call it, it's not happening. All right, it's canceled. Hey, idiot, I'm looking right at you. Okay, we're not doing it. We'll still do it. This branch is failing. I'm shutting you down. You gotta give us a little bit of time to turn this around. All right. If by some miracle you can close Walter Davis and his $14 million account, your jobs are safe. Done. You'll see, you're gonna look so stupid. Then we'll finally have something in common. God damn it, she's so mean! Guys, what if we show him with the greatest time of his life at our Christmas party tonight? This is how we save everybody's job. It's not the worst idea. Walter? Do you party? I used to. It's F-word Christmas, B-word. Let's get mother F-word drunk. Lawson. And uh, it's a pretty big buy-in. You have to really hate, I think, Jennifer Aniston or her character to be like, you know what, man? You're, you're a grown adult. Maybe you should take the, the job in New York and not deal with this, this moron uh, running the company into the ground. That, and that's something I just could never get behind as I was watching the movie. I just did not care if this, this place went under. I didn't care if the party succeeded. Yeah, it was a little uh, – uh, it, it was just a little over the top, the expectation of like T.J. Miller's character being this like warm-hearted like – I love Christmas. I love these people are my family. I know I'm going. I'm going to save them. I, I don't know. It just. It felt like a. It felt misplaced in this movie because. These type of like R hard uh, R rated comedies. Are usually you know a little more cynical. So trying to have like this, I don't know like, heartwarming. Uh, be like wedding crashers without the Vince Vaughn character. Yeah, if it was yeah, just the Owen Wilsons, right, yeah. it was just like I'm ready to yeah. fall in love. Finally, two guys. I can't imagine that <laughs> becoming like yeah. a big bro comedy. And, and <laughs> two just... earnest young men waiting for <laughs> Rachel McAdams. So if, if T.J. Miller is that character, and then you have Jason Bateman being the, the straight man, you know, and there's no conflict between them. They're they're both you know just best buds. And even the like love interest, there's no conflict there. You know, Olivia Munn, she's, I mean, she's a good character and all, but it's just in terms of comedy or even interesting storytelling, it's just kind of like, 
well, all these people get along and they're just trying to save this company. And like you said, if you don't really care whether or not they save the company or not, then there's not much to really grasp onto here. And and, and that's it's you know what I'll, I'll say for a Christmas movie, it's fine. Like the plot is fine. Uh, it, you don't have to have. I mean, you can have a a paper thin plot like that, especially with a comedy. But you got to deliver on the laughs, though, if you're going to you know be that simplistic with it. Well, that goes to my next point, and I want to ask Jared this because Jared Jared has <laughs> been the one with the bat out uh, even before we start recording. He's made made it known that he did not find this humorous, that he barely cracked a smile. In fact, it was one throwaway Uber driver was the only thing that uh, got him to smirk. <laughs> Um, there, I think there's a lot of emphasis placed on, uh, one, like the audience enjoying the party as much as the characters, like that were like, we're somehow, uh, living up with them. And I felt like it was just incredibly awkward. Like I, as I was watching, I was like, man, these are a lot of, there are a lot of long shots of people just like sort of dancing without any jokes being made here. And, uh. I don't know that I'm not to go back to it, but I thought of wedding crashers. I'm like, man, you know, the montage where they're like sleeping with all the women, they don't extend that for like a third of the film because <laughs> it's not your penis. It's not, you are not actually in that world. James Cameron has not invented the technology yet. And I'm not drunk watching these people drink to excess. I, I don't know. I just, I just got tired of it. So I'm pretty sure Jared with his history of, uh, you know, <laughs> sucking on ice sculptures. <laughs> For oh, eggnog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you found this horribly insulting, <laughs> right, Jared? Yeah, I've, that's a put me in a hard place to segue through and answer that question. But um, you don't want your denial to sound too strong there, like you're. <laughs> I well, never did that. What I say at this point, <laughs> hey, hey, I don't suck on ice sculptures. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna mute my mic. I'll let you defend yourself without my interruptions. <laughs> No, it's just, you know, like you said, I think that they tried to fill too much time with the party scenes. Uh, I remember T.J. Miller says, like, when I say Zeno, you say tech. Zeno, tech, Zeno, tech. And they did that, like, eight times I counted. It had to have been at least seven or eight times. I was like, are, are you serious? Like, there can't be much more blatant. I'm sorry. Like, um, th that's actually funnier. Me imagining you, like... <laughs> Pencil and paper, counting how many times oh, yeah. he Like rage intensifying, like every time. Like, another one. Um, I, I actually had to turn the movie off for a second whenever uh, Bateman and Munn came out in the um, snowman sumo suits, and there was like ah, everybody dance, everybody get into this office party. It's fun times now. Like that's actually I, what's like, on oh, the. Uh, on IMDb, that's the top picture I'm looking at right now for my, oh. my uh, heavy-duty research I'm doing, just to make sure I have the actors from me. It's, yeah, pretty cringe-inducing, this uh yeah, Did Dr. Beaver dream this, or did this actually happen? Uh, I don't know. It's just horribly devoid of comedy to be called a comedy, and I don't think that the doofus boss of the branch runs off with pimps and whores don't really like i don't know it's it's such a, a weird storyline all put together it seems fake edgy that's why i kept mm -hmm. thinking I, I i don't know if it's my old age but i felt like you know this might be funnier if this is if these were just like real people like scrooge is really funny because bill murray says horribly insulting and obnoxious things that are crass and crude but he doesn't work mm -hmm. with an office full of people like saying and doing the same thing and I felt like, you know what, maybe uh, maybe you just have one sort of like wild and crazy guy here 
but just like we get we get to a scene where it's this uh like the new guy i guess uh that gets hired that day and like that's all i know about him until he starts talking about his like baby mommy fetish and diaper thing and i'm like come on man come on can we just have can we just have like some normal people like you know i, I don't know like and, and maybe that's you know they, they really went for it in that way but as josh well, said it's just not funny just it just yeah. it just seems like really crude and just, like a, a kid that's discovered uh, cursing or his like private parts for the first time. And he's just like drawing on a middle school wall. That's what this movie reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's, there's something about like, I'm trying to think of a good example of a movie. I mean, maybe like the hangover or something where you start dealing with absurd people and scenarios, but uh, a craftier, you know, director, uh, who's got more, you know, skill, um, he, he can pull you into that world and you accept that those people would be in that world and that that's the type of scenarios that would come up. And it just, it does not feel organic in this movie whatsoever. Like, whatsoever. Yeah. Like just the opening scene with, uh, Jason Bateman's character speaking with his lawyer and his lawyer is just totally disinterested and, uh, you know, saying all the wrong things, just silliness. You're like, I, I don't buy, <laughs> I don't buy that in this world, but that's acceptable. You know, this is. Josh, are you hard. accusing the auteur behind Blades of Glory not getting <laughs> into the, the gritty reality of the real world, the real business world? Uh, doesn't have a grasp on comedy. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Blades of Glory and the Switch. I don't. I've not seen the Switch, but uh, mm. clearly that explains Bateman and Aston um, owing this due to favor or having some blackmail on them. I don't, I don't know. Um, Josh, you brought up a, a point earlier that I hadn't really considered much just because I didn't really enjoy this movie was, you know, does it work as a holiday film? And as we saw in our last episode, there's not a whole lot out there that usually works. People tend to go back to the tried and true sort of Christmas movies. Do you think for like a, a modern Christmas uh, comedy, this one is successful or no. See, here's, here's the thing. We're just going to go totally okay. negative in this episode. I hope someone liked well, the, the comedian well, for the second half of the show. <laughs> okay. We're, we're getting a, a weird third branch, you know, like hybrid movie. Like we, before we've had basically two Christmas movies, we've had the, the actual Christmas movie that is about Christmas. I mean, mm -hmm. it's intertwined in the plot and everything. And then you have like your diehard Christmas movies where it's just the best. It's, it's just a movie, you know, and Christmas is the backdrop. And okay. that's fine, too, you know. But now we're getting, like, this weird thing where they're trying to sell it as a holiday movie, but it's still really just the backdrop. And it's kind of misleading because... You don't think it informs the T.J. Miller character enough? Because he, I guess he's the only one that's really pushing that as far as, like, getting into the spirit of things. And there's the yeah, threat and, of saving people's jobs i guess yeah and, and really that's his it's still really the only main motivation there is i mean i'm sure the dude wanted to throw a awesome christmas party or whatever but i mean they're really just banking on like oh they gotta make this deal yeah and you know save the company so it just happens to, to coincide on the day of the christmas party you know what i mean and it's kind of the same thing we talked about last week with christmas eve it was like there was no christmas <laughs> to that whatsoever just people stuck in an elevator this was done far more effectively in an office episode 
the uh, the uh, American mm-hmm. version where Steve Carell, his character, the boss, Michael Scott, gets a big bonus and feels so guilty about it that no one else in the office is going to get a Christmas bonus that year that he spends a great portion of his trying to throw this awesome party, <laughs> which ends up just turn. It makes everyone just very bitter once they find out that he's able to do this with this sizable bonus he's getting that they are not. That's a better movie is if TJ Miller is this rich guy that feels some degree of guilt and shame and tries to throw an awesome party to make these people forget that they've been screwed over. But instead it's this, yeah. it's this weird, we've got to get this, this one guy, this one guy, this, this weird account. And then I'm not even getting into the weird social network, internet algorithm that Olivia Munn's working on. Oh that, my God. <laughs> internet through lot bulbs. <laughs> yeah. I know how the internet works. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, yeah. you know, you're talking about The Office. You know, I can quote Michael Scott from that very episode where he says, uh, you know, Christmas is the time to be able to buy somebody a present and say, hey, man, I love you this many dollars worth. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I couldn't quote crap from this movie, man. There's, there's, I mean, well, there was that line about Jared not can. being able to buy for the bald. That was a. That was oh, a that's point. my only note. My only note. I, I paused the movie and Brittany was like, don't say that to jared i was like i'm not saying it to jared i'm just i just wanted to bring it up about jared it's so hard it's so hard to shop for the bald who are they what do they want (laughs) jared who are you and what do you want hair (laughs) i think let's let's move on the comedian because i'm just going to end that segment and just play some ridiculous music Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to play some ridiculous music to lead into the comedian, there is a great song about poop that you can, uh... Oh, my God. Okay, I see you all like bathroom humor, which is which is good, because that's what I like. We're all thinking alike. Look, I'm going to do a song, and I'm going to change the lyrics slightly, so I think we'll have a little fun with that. It's called... Well, you've all heard the, the song Making Whoopi, so I'm just going to change it a little, and when I... When I point to you, you go, not making poopy. Can you do that? One, two, three. Let's try it now. Not making poopy. Okay, one more time. Come on, you guys can tell like you need a little Coke or something to get you going. One more time. One, two, three. Not making poopy. Okay, great. Here we go. Here goes. Maestro. Another fear. Another year, another animal in your rear. Elimination, constipation, not making poopy. Yeah, PP is fine, except if it leaks. What'd you expect from elderly freaks? It's so abusive. Schools are elusive. Poopy. We're doing poopy here. I am not. <laughs> Thank you for that, Josh, because um, this actually would have been a, a pretty solid uh, War Machine versus War Horse pairing as far as like misguided comedy. Like, I think Office Christmas Party is like, this is what the kids would be into. Like, this is a, a cool party for them, and uh, we're going to create a new internet. They'll get that. <laughs> and uh, in some respects, at least. What the comedian has is that okay. I know this is a style of comedy, or it was a style of comedy. It's a it's a throwback. It's like a 
Rodney Dangerfield type thing where it's just like machine gun fire insults without, you know, much development of a routine. You know, they're, they're not telling stories here. They're just kind of gotcha uh, jokes. Don Rickles without any sort of humor to it, pretty much. I, I wondered, uh, the biggest thing, the biggest question mark I had coming into this, because I knew this one, this one did not do well financially or critically was De Niro as a comedian. I've seen the, the King of Comedy and that's, uh, you know, he's basically playing a version of uh, Travis Bickle in that. Like, that's can he actually pull off being a comedian? Because I don't know if either one of you have seen like the Big Sick. They came out earlier this summer. No, not yet. I had not glow, yet. Glowing reviews. Everybody loved it. And I, I thought it was pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, which made me hated on the internet on film Twitter for just saying <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, my biggest issue with that was the comedian segments. Because I, I think getting the feel of like going to see a stand-up show or just or watching a, like an hour-long stand-up special where people have room to sort of to set things up, just seeing it in like a montage for like two minutes of a movie, I, I don't know if it's ever worked. Even with real comedians, so I'm not knocking Robert De Niro, but every time they go back to that style of comedy, uh, I, I was reaching for the VLC 1.8 speed. All right, let's just, <laughs> let's speed this up. And uh, the only thing I was really interested in was uh, Leslie Mann. I liked her character, but I I, I don't know. I did not uh, I did not care at all about uh, De Niro and if he made his comeback here because unfortunately I just didn't find his character funny at all. I feel like yeah, you deserve to be a has been because it's over, man. <laughs> Time to die. <laughs> 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 Anyone else on this show uh, had uh, had such a bleak outlook on uh, uh, Jackie? Is that the character's name? Or am I getting Jackie that wrong? Burke, I think. I, I, I can't remember what the other, uh, what everyone keeps calling him. Eddie, yeah. Mm, Eddie's uh, but yeah, what, uh, Jared, what did you think about the comedian here? I, um, I wouldn't say that I liked it. I wouldn't say that I absolutely hated it because there are, were parts that I enjoyed of the movie. They had some genuine, like, human moments, uh, genuine moments where the actors showed their chops that they were able to um, put on display. Uh, in particular, I really liked any time that Danny DeVito and um, Robert De Niro talked. I thought that was, you know, pretty genuine interaction. They, that felt uh, very lived very in. Well. That felt like there was mm-hmm. a lot, you know, you believe them as brothers and their history oh, yeah. together. Oh, Danny DeVito is a national treasure anyway, but. Uh, anytime, well, not every time that he talked to Leslie Mann, because when they were just kind of uh, starting out, sparring, the, uh, flirting, sparring, yeah, kind uh, of the, the that that kind of felt kind of forced, because obviously it's sixty-seven year old De Niro and forty-five year old Leslie Mann, but um, it's far cry later, from later Paul on, Rudd and what she's used to <laughs> <laughs> playing off of as a lover. <laughs> uh, I'd say Judd Apatow in about twenty years. You know it. It got a little bit, a lot more real as the movie went on, but still, the sum of the parts that I did like didn't salvage the movie. I would probably rate it a little bit higher than what it got on Rotten Tomatoes, but what was that score, and what what did it gross when it finally made its way out? It made uh, one million six hundred and fifty-eight thousand <laughs> seven hundred and six dollars. <laughs> On an estimated uh, fifteen million dollar budget, so it—that's it, one of the few times you'll hear people chortling at uh, a gross mm-hmm. of one point six million. That's all you made, De Niro, you piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> to put it in stand-up terms, it bombed its set pretty bad. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of weird. This was ever considered a Oscar contender, but I, at least they liked it. You know, the, the people that made this thought they had some some gold here. Uh, Josh, what about what about you? 
Well, okay, so I had heard all the bad buzz before watching it, so I I had it really written off as like being it was going to be a a train wreck, you know. So I'd already seen Office Christmas Party, so I, that I had that terrible flavor up in my mouth. So I'm watching this palate cleanser of De Niro. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. You, I start watching it, and it's it's a little slow and everything, but there was nothing really offending my senses, you know, for for the, a good while. It was more of like a. I wasn't really so much invested in the comedian career aspect of it, but I felt like I was getting some strong flavors of New York and stuff. You know what I mean? Like just following this guy's routine as a comedian and stuff. I, I was digging it, you know. Big I scene in stand-up, so yeah. Yeah, I, I was cool with that. And so I was kind of pondering, like, man, why the why this movie get trashed on so much? It's like, even if it's not great, it's not offensive. And uh, I guess it was about the, about the time uh, he goes to Leslie Mann's apartment and, like, <laughs> the romance begins. I was like, oh, that's a little off-putting. And then, you know, that's... You're Harvey Cartel little... in this. You, yeah. <laughs> your face soured, just like uh, Mr. White's. Yeah, well, I mean, there was something really absurd about that dinner scene, too. Like, Robert De Niro meeting Dad. You know, like, <laughs> that was just... That, that was silly. But, uh, yeah, from that point forward, it was all downhill. Uh, <laughs> then I was like, well, first off, you know, like, I don't know, maybe around the wedding scene or whatever. I'm sitting there thinking, well, this is a charming little movie. Like, almost over. I actually uh, really like the wedding scene. Because yeah, I, yeah. I thought for this sure. This is at the wedding. This, Sorry, uh, I guess it's, you know, a minor spoiler. I don't expect, you know, from Jared's uh, numbers game there that uh, too many people listening. I don't expect, first off, there's too many people listening to this. But even smaller portion of that that have actually seen this damn movie. Uh, I I thought I had that wedding scene red where it's like okay it's this young lesbian couple um his niece getting married and you see the crowd i thought it was going to be uh look at these you know social justice warriors look at these young progressives and they're gonna be horrified at what he says and i and it's her wedding day too i actually like they they really dug it they were like i mean they they make the sort of like i can't believe you said that faces but they they're good sports about it Mm -hmm. and that sets up that scene with uh, his brother Dane DeVito and, of course, his uh, his brother's wife, and all those scenes I think are are gold because uh, Dane DeVito is you know <laughs> trying to whisper his way out like I liked it, it was awesome, and then he's like but I can't see you anymore. I, all that all that stuff was actually really good for me. Those were the the highlights for sure. Mm. Yeah, but the big problem, see, is about that time I hit the pause button like ah, it's about over, right? No, we're halfway through the movie. <laughs> We're at the one hour mark. <laughs> he wanted the wedding to be like the the big sports game. Like he wins at the wedding and then it's over. Well, at that point, the plot wasn't really all that thick anyway. So I was like, okay, this is just one of those mood movies where you're just kind of following him around and seeing what his life is like. I just didn't expect that it was going to really take any other type of turns. And I didn't realize I was sitting down for a two hour journey. Into Somehow the- we end up into Florida. I thought that was the weirdest thing. This little side plot where. Yeah. Leslie Mann's dad, played by Harvey Gattel, is forcing her to move to Florida to run his like retirement community that he operates or owns. And Solid premise. <laughs> it, it feels like it's just kind of shoved in just to set up, uh, to go the other way, that De Niro can do a set, as Josh alluded to, the, uh, the, the pooping song, the viral video, which uh, oh. I felt very much like a throwback to uh, Office Christmas Party. I was like, they don't know what the kids would actually click on, because there's no <laughs> way in hell... Uh, I mean, we have, you know, one friend who would think this is, you know, 
highbrow comedy <laughs> that likes pumpkin dances on like you know your local <laughs> weather channel. <laughs> but I was just like, there's no way. And you know, all that whole Florida <clears throat> subplot is just there so he can go tell some jokes in front of old people. And I was like, can we do this in New York? What is, well, I don't understand. Why are we going to Florida? But uh, yeah, I agree with you totally on that, Josh. Because I I thought this was just going to be sort of about like <laughs> the end of days for him, like him just like mm-hmm. going from gig to gig. I had no idea we were going to have this uh, long distance relationship with Leslie Mann, and you know, I like Leslie Mann a lot, and I'm like, I don't wish this on you. I don't think this is good for you. I don't. <laughs> it's one thing to have a fling with him, but I don't want you to end up with this guy. So that's a hard thing to root for to turn this into a kind of gross rom com. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I say. I think this was about about the bare minimum of a movie. If it was like an hour twenty, <laughs> and you just take the Florida stuff out of it altogether, you know, you don't need any of that. Josh in the office, and they're like, "Hey, Josh, we're going to push this for the for the Oscars this year." And Josh's like, "No, the bare minimum <laughs> is what we're going for here. Let's let's reel this back in." I, I could very much be the Harvey Cattell cult uh, fiction like cleaner, like they call me in, like after they've made a disaster of one of these movies would you leave in the uh the pooping song though the viral video Mm. you'd be tempted to i I would be tempted to if i could do it just for absurdity's sake but (laughs) (laughs) like if i could show it without the actual um scene of when it was saying but just have somebody clicking on the the link and watching this video and singing that in an old people's home with no explanation oh yeah now you're in for it well, unfortunately, our listeners are in for another one where it's like <laughs> all we've really proven three episodes in the way it sounds is, uh, hey, should you have checked these out uh, a year or so ago? No. No. <laughs> you were better off without it. No. Hey, you made the best choice by not making a choice at all. <laughs> you don't know how close you were to disaster by watching Office Christmas Party and the Comedian. I, I'd like to think that we're at least providing a service where, <laughs> you know, when you have that little voice in the back of your head, like, well, did I make the right choice there? Did I do the right thing? We're, we're giving them the resounding yes. I do think <laughs> that uh, at least with our, our premise here, you know, most people might be like, huh. I was, you know, I may click on that one day. Let me click on this podcast and see if I really need to get around to that. Oh, nope. All right, cool. I can do something better with my life, a little bit more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the only thing that really can you can kind of tie these two together is how they approach, I guess, comedy and the sort of the mixture of the, like the business and, and pleasure. Because in Office Christmas Party, you do have T.J. Miller saying that you can throw a very inappropriate Office Christmas Party and it will actually improve your uh your workforce i don't know if it ever really proves that given given, given what happens with uh olivia munn creating a brand new internet uh and then you have the <clears throat> the comedian which um i don't know normally i would applaud it doesn't seem like the character changes or grows i usually like that this is one time where i feel like you're probably too old to be this immature at this point because the biggest thing i had against the comedian was that he was that guy off stage too and yeah, uh, like Josh, I think you've seen this and Jared, you, you're, you're a big comedy guy. You may have as well, but there was a documentary, God, I don't know, 15 years ago, Jerry Seinfeld did just called comedian. And it yeah. was about, it followed Jerry basically trying to get back into stand up after being on a very successful sitcom. And then it followed this other guy who wanted to be on a sitcom. He saw, he saw Jerry's career as like, I do stand up to get to that point. And that was really interesting to see them do their sets and then get off stage and just be like, God, that sucked. I can't believe that. You know, I have got to work on that. Like, I just can't, they were not trying to be funny anymore. 
And mm-hmm. I really didn't like in the comedian that it feels like he's always doing his act, even when he's just walking down the street. And I, I felt like yeah. it would have been a more interesting movie and he'd be a more interesting character if he would drop the, the shtick for a little bit. Well, if well, you ever listen to anybody that's actually a, a stand-up comedian, like you can tell like a very big difference in the way the even of the tone of their voice, how they speak, their mm-hmm. cadence, everything. It's always a character on stage. Like I don't I can't really name hardly anybody that was like that same character off stage that they are on stage. So that yeah, they totally uh that wasn't a point I was even uh thinking about. But yeah, he, he's that character at all times. But they and also they kind of robbed the um the real life struggle with uh, Andy Kaufman, which I mean, I'm sure other sitcom uh, actors slash comedians have had that problem, but where they are beloved because of a character they played on television, but they're, they're trying to, they're trying to grow beyond that, you know, and actually be an artist beyond that. And everybody just keeps asking for that character. Uh, that that happened with Andy Kaufman, and we saw that on display with uh, Man on the Moon, uh, starring Jim Carrey. They they really put that in there a lot in this film. Uh, you know where even where he corrects people like my name's not Eddie, you know I'm Jackie, but he doesn't even really seem to. They don't really take that anywhere. It's just kind of left dangling. It's not even like that was that could have been more of a focus uh, as like I'm trying to out you know, outgrow the shadow of this character I used to play, but that's just kind of a side point that's just kind of there, and they don't really do anything with that. The only comedic growth he's showing is that he just, like, curses more and has more foul humor. That seems to be the only way to sort of jar people, like, no, I'm doing something that's not sitcom material. And I just think back to that. (laughs) I think, like, how jarring it would have been in that comedian documentary if it was, like, Jerry Seinfeld goes, like, true blue and starts talking (laughs) about... All these like you know really crass sexual things, and that may be interesting for like a second. Be like, wow, he's really doing different material. But that's I don't know. That's not enough to hang your hat on. And I don't I don't really feel like the character should be applauded for it. It's like he cusses now. He could be on HBO. Well, I tell you what, that looks like another common thread between both films. Is like it almost seems to be like they're they're both just trying to be vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. Like if it's vulgar, it's funny. Um, and I mean, I know we all have watched our hard, our, you know, comedies and sometimes the vulgar stuff can be really funny, you know, and if, if it's done still with intelligence, but they're just kind of throwing it to, at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Neither, and, one, neither one of these films is Freddie got fingered. No one's going to confuse it for that, <laughs> that, that classic. <laughs> Nobody has the sausage. I don't really know what to say after that. Usually when someone says that on a podcast, we just play the music. <laughs> uh, Jerry, do you have any final words of wisdom? Cause I'm, I'm retired now for the evening after Josh's statement on sausage. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go make the poopy now. Oh God, Jared. Hey, why did I toss it back to you? <laughs> All right, so I think we've come to the conclusion that Comedian uh, deserves to be forgotten film, and uh, we don't know what, I don't know, $50 million worth of people were doing on their uh, mid-December weekend to see Office Christmas Party, so who knows? No conclusions are made here. Not getting a fun Christmas movie, I'll tell you that. We've got a killjoy in the house. heard us say what is not a Christmas movie. You stick around. Hopefully you're subscribed on iTunes. 
or go to followingfilms.com to find this among other podcasts. Our next episode, we're going to turn the uh, microphones, I guess, against ourselves and look back at Christmas films we've enjoyed that have not aged as well and some that have. So a bit of positivity along with the usual negativity. You can find more of that negativity on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We are at Sober Cinema. Fun, and in about 20 years from now, we're all going to be dead, so let's celebrate while we can.